0: You've been somewhere really excited this oh, week and I'm oh, rather oh, jealous.
1: I can't believe I got so excited about it. Did your
0: heart start racing? <laughs> Not
1: quite, but it was a bit of a thrill. So, Did you get like, a little tickle in little your tummy? little tingle in my tummy. Did you? I, I got a little, I, I did get a little excited about going. So just some background in Hammersmith in London, uh, near the flat where where Stephen and I lived when we were in London. Let's be honest, Hammersmith has not really been the hub of the known universe. Um, it's somewhere you pass through on your way to London. If you go over the flyover at the yeah. eight, on the A4, that's Hammersmith. But it has been changing quite a lot over the last few years. That's um, you and Stephen. Bought it? <laughs> it was way before, way before us. But some of the stores started improving. H uh, and M H&M have one of their flagship stores there that they they do a lot of their experimental new new layouts and everything there. There's a big Primark and everything. But there's a big shopping center which was called the Kings Mall Shopping Center. Honestly, pretty rubbish. It was really really terrible. Anyway, it got bought a couple of years ago, and it was quite low key who had bought it. So sort it?
0: of lots of. Room Going there was around. loads a of excitement a load, of what it was. It's of going boomers. to be a cinema complex. Yes, and well, it turns
1: out it isn't. What it is is it's IKEA's first inadvertent commas, inadvertent inverted commas, small stores. Um I and they, they had one on Oxford Street. That's not open yet. So yes, yeah, so they've opened Hammersmith first and they have bought what was the huge top shop store on oxford street and then they've also the i think the ikea the ikea's parent company they've got another side thing which owns real estate and they are buying up some of the buildings and everything and then obviously leasing them to ikea anyway so Rock up to go and have a look. All excited. All excited. All of a tremble. Because I do like an IKEA.
0: Did you take any bags with you?
1: Not on the first visit, but I did on the second, <laughs> on the second one. <laughs> Why
0: well, on the first visit, did you buy one of their famous? No, I didn't bags? I did
1: not buy anything um on the first visit. I just went to have a look and I was like, oh my god, it is when they say small, it's in it's it's small compared to a big IKEA, but it is not small
0: can you still buy flat pack furniture
1: Uh, you can order it so what It's I I have to say whether you like IKEA or or not the stores are so well designed in many many respects they brilliantly use the space they've got these sort of smaller room sets that are set up through the store so basically what it's selling is all the stuff which is in the downstairs part the the marketplace it's all the stuff that is usually in there are in the smaller stalls but with room sets and they are selling some of the smaller f- furniture so like you know, tables or the lack shelf. tables i yeah. probably i'm sure they've got the billy bookcase
0: because yeah let's be honest that's what duncan the tortoise lives in right
1: okay a billy bookcase
0: yeah but without the shelves <laughs> in.
1: and i was honestly so impressed so impressed um mm. with they have a cafeteria they there. they've got a cafeteria is food
0: is yeah. such good value for money yeah. so yes yeah, so i did we, we've
1: got a party coming up and we needed some sort of some spare glasses and everything so i bought some glasses and some storage bags and some storage clips and all those things that are just, you could just spend a fortune but, but it's just such good value for you know? for what it is and i i mean they had this brilliant Light, which unfortunately was out of stock, because I think I'd have probably got it. But it was a ring light that held your mobile phone as well, so that if you're on calls, you've got the light because you know how oh, a lot yeah. of Zoom calls and everything, your light's always funny. So oh. it's got had one of the ring lights, and it was like, well, it's out of stock, so I couldn't get it. But it was really, really cheap. Yeah, I, I was just, <laughs> I know, I surprisingly <laughs>
0: over impressed. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, you always end up doing lots of trips to Ikea whenever you move because it's things like, you know, laundry baskets and mm. bits and pieces. And, yeah. But you do end up coming out with, you know, why do I need 500 tea lights? Yes. Or a yes. thousand napkins. And that's where they're so good is yeah. that they get you to do all those little bits and pieces. But I, I, I know people
1: will like I don't understand how are they, what are they going to do? Why are they mm. opening these smaller stores? I can completely understand why but, they're
0: opening them. A lot of people, I mean, like Marks and Spencers, that will have the furniture. You know, you have to order it all online, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, the next. It's yes. like you can't just go in go and, in and buy, it. buy it. Yeah. Um So it's not a, it's not a new concept, yeah. but it's a very brilliant idea for. But men. of course,
1: the thing for for us, I mean, from here, what the Southampton would be, or you've the, got Exeter,
0: but Exeter is smaller than the one
1: in Southampton. Right. Okay. But both of those i mean that's an hour's journey or something yeah or more to get to so this was when well, this is the and the only thing i would say
0: they got is, parking
1: yes so hammer smith there is parking but top but in the, the oxford circus store there won't be there's nowhere to park around there easily and that's the only thing because a lot of what you're buying is you know you do you end up with big bags full of stuff and I don't know how easy it will be for people well someone's going to clean up the delivery yeah yeah you know but I was but I have to
0: say I was I was really really Oh, I, no i do love but IKEA. you
1: said that they're not going to do the catalogue anymore is that yeah right? no
0: it's i think it's all online because it's like every time my mum goes she goes quite regularly for some reason i think it's a, a, a day out <laughs> um and um i saw you pick me up a catalogue and she said no they've stopped doing them oh because that to me you can just really look if you are looking for bits and pieces it is actually easier looking than than looking online i agree I but agree. i think they do actually want you to go in store because that's where you spend money so that's that exciting. was that
1: was a that was a nice a nice little trip <laughs> showing our <age. laughs> meanwhile
0: meanwhile after
1: that i went to the theater Oh did you yes Yes. And what did you see? Okay. So I went to see a play called Cock. <laughs> you're you're, you're... <laughs> It wasn't it 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 wasn't what you're thinking not pornographic it was no it wasn't at all so it's a play that was first staged i think it was i i i want to say in the late 90s early 2000s um but it might have been later than that and i think it was at the royal court and it's a revival it's written by mike bartlett who um has written for tv he's done a lot of stuff he wrote dr foster i think and um And it stars Jonathan Bailey, who is particularly well-known at the moment. He's the lead in Bridgerton in this season of Bridgerton. He plays Anthony, I think, the oldest brother. It stars him. It was supposed to star Taron Egerton, who was in Rocketman and uh, Eddie the Eagle and Kingsman and all that, and Phil Daniels. um, And I can't remember the name of the actress in it, so four-hander brilliantly, brilliantly staged, so imaginatively staged production. Unfortunately, Taryn Edgerton had um COVID, so had pulled out so it was the understudy who was amazing and it's actually now been announced that town edgerton's not returning for personal reasons apparently um and so the understudy is is taking the role full oh, time good for him which is and he was brilliant
0: great break for him
1: but it's it's um it's a play about two a gay couple and one of the guys jonathan bailey who jonathan bailey plays has an affair with a woman and it's the whole debate around sexuality and, um, you know, whether such a thing exists as, as, you know, whether you're gay or bi or straight or ah. Um And it was so clever and so funny. So funny, it was brilliant. Oh, good. And Jonathan Bailey is extraordinary. Oh, he's good. a fairy, but we've seen him. He was in a musical a couple of years ago called Company, the sometime musical, which um, was that the, they changed the genders of all the main characters. So he played a gay guy in that. And there's a very famous song um, called Not Getting Married, which is so fast, it's virtually impossible to sing. And he was amazing. So he was brilliant, and he's on stage all the time. And it was, I, I just thought it was phenomenal and there's a couple of scenes in it where doesn't really sort of have sex with his partner and then with the woman and just the way they do it nobody takes their clothes off there's no there's you know there's there's nothing graphic about it but it's so cleverly done that in your head you think that's they are having sex it's amazing amazing wow and this day there's a the, the one of the last scenes is this dinner party and there's no props they're not sat at a table they just stood there but it's the way that they move they they hand they look like they're handing things to each other and the way their bodies It's a, it's so so clever um so i loved it oh, so good. that was great and it was lovely because i i was went with a friend who i haven't seen for many 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 months um due to due to covid so I met up with them for supper and then went to the theater so it was it was like had a good was, catch up it was really well. really lovely really oh, lovely. nice um so yes yeah, so that was so oh, that nice. was, so anyway enough about me really is there ever enough about you <laughs> well no not really there's not there's so much more to explore <laughs> <laughs>
0: So many facets of our
1: character. <laughs> I'm like an onion with layers. <laughs>
0: so each week we peel off another layer. So, so does that bring to us to our season ingredient? No, no, it brings us to you. <laughs> um, well, I've had a very busy week. Um, my tulips are going great guns. So I've had my first big wholesale order through. Um, so it's lovely to be able to pick in quantities and yep. buckets and just have my stable full of buckets. buckets of flowers um my lovely friend mel who is i'm talking to her about my branding we
1: talked about her last week. last week she She
0: came over and we spent the afternoon um one afternoon photographing picked the best afternoon this week because it's i'm going to mention the weather but it's been quite wet um so actually the sun did shine and we've set up a kind of a setup so i can take photographs and it's just there and there's not a horrible a compost bag in the background or right. a yellow bucket or you know all those things Where you you know you take a beautiful photo and then you look and think oh that just ruins it um so that was very helpful and very insightful so you know watch this space there'll be lots of beautiful photographs of flowers and just trying to get things in the ground and weed and yeah. plant yet more seeds um, but and yeah. fight against the weather yeah 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 but we're all right it's I think it's, it's windy, but it's warmed up a bit. Have you seen our magnolia? Tragic.
1: I mean, overnight. One froth. Now, to be fair, we had it flowering for much longer than we did last year because it virtually came out flowering. There was a frost and it killed it straight yeah. away. So we've had a couple of weeks, but it's so sad. Yeah. It just went brown overnight. Yeah. And then all the flowers drop off.
0: I know. <laughs> so i believe it's your book this week or books or is that just a pile of it's your a, reading it's a pile of books
1: i know we've covered a lot of books over the course of the of the podcast so far and we've talked about mary berry and we've talked about um you know some of the classic books and Delio and and all the rest of it and nigella but i want to take it right back to arga related cookbooks today because well, we are a voyage
0: around my like, oh, arga okay. and i know
1: we don't always talk about agas and our podcast covers so many more fascinating subjects but i think it's always good to sometimes remind people about you know arga related things as well or our basics and, um, yes exactly and i wanted to recommend um a cookbook author called lucy young Lucy may be familiar to people who have got Mary Berry's books because she works very closely with Mary Berry. I think she worked; she's worked with her for I think it's over three decades now, mm. and has co-written some of the books. So the Arga book, the most current Arga book you get when you buy an Arga, is co-written by Mary Berry and Lucy Young. Um, the Cooks Up a Feast that we talked about a few weeks ago that she co-wrote that as well. But she also has her own range of books that I wanted to mention and recommend. Think, together with Mary Berry, she's written about 13 books in in total, but on her own, uh, Arga Easy, which surprisingly does what it says on the 10, Secrets from a Country Kitchen, and then two fantastic, fantastic books that I highly recommend, anyone who has an arga, secrets of agar cakes and secrets of arga puddings and apart from secrets of a country kitchen the other books are pretty much aimed at people with argas. There are the good the nice thing about it is they're all written for an agar and then there's how to do it on the conventional oven yeah. underneath which is the reverse of what you normally get yeah. when anything's um anyone has agar instructions but I have to be honest. These these are, are books that, that, as you know, because of my extensive library, they, things move around, and these were put away for a little bit. And when I was going through stuff from recently, and actually, when we were talking about some of the blasts from the past recipes, there are loads in here that I used to, I used to do that I just wanted. To, and oh, this and you've, is made, from,
0: and you've made notes on the I pages. Have,
1: I have. Um, so this is from Secrets from a Country Kitchen. It's salmon with tiger prawns, and it's absolutely delicious. And it just elevates the salmon. You put, have tiger prawns over the top, borsan cheese, um, and then some potato crisps. So it's a very posh
0: <laughs> potato crisp
1: pie, basically, that you laughed at me for.
0: Another fish pie with Another crisps. fish pie. <laughs> with
1: crisps. Um, you were seeing a connection here. <laughs> yes. There's uh, leek and ham gratin blankets, which are really, really lovely as well, which is one in the one pot dishes. So they're all very, very straightforward recipes in this one. And they're broken down into starters and main courses, vegetables, pastas, one dish oven bakes, um, outdoor eating. So that's really good. But if you are a relatively new person to Aga, then I would highly recommend agar easy. And this, again, I have done several recipes from uh, there's a delicious one for malay beef which is dead straightforward to do when it just uses store cupboard things like tomato ketchup mango chutney soy sauce ginger tabasco um and you basically marinate the beef in that and serve it with rice lovely absolutely lovely and but that's very, a blast of the past you used to do that a lot used to do that a lot and then i had this one which was um pork fillet with lime and thyme which again and i've written on here Can you say? Yeah. Um, Fabulous. Try doing on simmering plate. Above enough for two, cut pork into bite-sized pieces Um, because the recipe was for four. And obviously, I was being very greedy. Yeah. I also think it's just one of those things is I had this when I had my traditional aga. And if you remember the, the difference sometimes between... What a recipe would say, do it on the boiling plate, but if your simmering plate was hotter than someone else's, yeah. I used to use yeah. the simmering plate more than I used those, the boiling plate, and so that was the why the note was there. But there's some fabulous recipes, but the, as I say, really strong ones are Secrets of Aga Cakes and Secrets of Aga Puddings. These are the only books I know of that actually are specifically written for an aga and covering just puddings and cakes. Thanks. And the cakes, you know, covers everything from the traditional tray bakes and yeah. all of those kind of things, Victoria sponge or the rest of it, and takes you through everything there. And then puddings, no surprisingly. <laughs> Is that about pudding, covers, <laughs> puddings? It covers <laughs> all different range of puddings that you could possibly imagine and again some really really strong recipes some very straightforward some a little more complicated but great with all the timings and everything what are you laughing at oh
0: nothing uh two level teaspoons of baking powder too much (laughs) question mark yes yes and Um, that page looks well used that's victoria sponge yes victoria sponge is it's one it
1: is it is one of our go-to ones and i have to say Stephen uses that one a lot more than than um, me
0: my mother taught me a really easy way to make a cake and it's the weight of eggs, and then you do the flour, butter, and sugar, the equivalent of the weight of those eggs. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, you know, rather than a recipe, so whatever eggs you've got, weigh them. Yeah. So they're six ounces. Yeah. So then that'll be six flour, six sugar, and six butter.
1: Uh, Oh, right. When you are making certain recipes, and chef school, they, (laughs) sorry, they told us Did you make cakes at chef school? No. We did make cakes, but we were making macaron. And... They told us you must weigh the eggs because the problem is such a precise recipe. And you the reason that you go wrong is that your ingredients are out of kilter. And so when it says 90 grams of egg whites, it means 90 grams of egg whites. It does not mean three egg whites. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's the trouble. The eggs are all different sizes. Yeah, so it's well, especially never my chickens. <laughs> <worldly>. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So... Um, so Nagy so that I would highly recommend looking out for Lucy, um, Lucy Young. As I say, she's a brilliant writer. Are they still in uh, most of them are still in print i think arga easy might be out of print but i did check and is available um on on certain sites and it is really worth getting especially if you're new to Arga. it's very clear great recipes expands a little bit on some of the books some of the recipes you get in the arga cookbook it, it's it's just you know adds a bit more more variety and a bit more range and everything rather than the very traditional things that yeah. you get in the arga cookbook so highly recommend her The other thing while well, I was getting this together, and actually you and I were talking about the argo
0: and everything, is cleaning it and looking after it. Yes, I don't really believe in cleaning it, apart from the top. You walk into my kitchen and it looks clean. You open up the lids and they're grubby. Partly because I'm not the only person that cooks. And if I spill something, I wipe it up. But if the other four members of my family spill something, they don't. Right. <laughs> they don't even wipe it off the aga, which... Uh, It just astounds me because if it was any other cooker, they would clear it up, but they seem to all have this It self-cleans.
1: Yeah. And of course the oven pretty much is, but not the the outside. See, I don't have that problem, let's be honest, I'm the only one that uses it.
0: Yeah, so you can then wipe your lids. I can't
1: blame anybody else. No, no. Do you Use those splashbacks because no. I know a lot of people
0: use the splashbacks no. sometimes. Maybe I've... I should, <laughs> I'm a bit late now, though. Yeah,
1: I've never bothered with those, which are they're, they're sort of like a silicon panel that you can put it's when Like fact, they could glide, isn't yes, it? but thicker, isn't but it? For the back, and you hang it on, and it's supposed to protect yeah. the back. But I've never found the back of the hob at uh, the back of the um lids difficult to clean, so I've never bothered. Well,
0: you're not really boiling anything that vigorously that it's going everywhere, no, or no. you put a splatter guard on yeah, it,
1: yeah, d- yeah, don't you know. really bother. But what about hob covers? So for anyone listening who's wondered what the earth we're talking about now, on an Arga, there are two hobs on the top and they've got a lid over them, which do yes, that keeps the heat in and protects them. And so it's those lid covers, <laughs> I can't believe we're having a conversation about this, they we're talking about, and it's very, this is really important stuff for an Arga owner. So as well as the, you don't use a splash guard, we've established, what about hob covers?
0: I like my hob covers because uh, it keeps my domes shiny. Yes. <laughs> and it does mean that you can take stuff out of the oven and place them on top without scratching it. And because they're slightly conca- concave, concave. concave um, things can wobble or slide off. So um, having a hob cover prevents that from happening. And they also add a splash of colour. Yes. Or character to your kit room.
1: I don't know about you, but originally I used to get my hob covers from Arga. Me and too. The trouble is now, because, and apparently because of elf and safety, they're not allowed at Arga to put the tag on it that ties it to the handle. So they just now call it a plate handler or something like that, or I can't remember what they call it, but you, it, the job is if you put it on the top of your hob, when you lift up the hob, Slides it all off. falls off, which is ridiculous. So I stop yes. buying them from there, and there are quite a few places that do sell them, but I've had I've had them from Blake and Ball. Yeah, which they actually, have the tags on. They have the tags on, which are excellent. It's the kind of thing that quite a few craft makers do, and Etsy is quite a good place to have a look at for Arga hop covers. Sophie Allport does some really good ones, but and we are both agreed on this, there is a company very local to us in Dorset. And we're not just saying it because they're local either. No, although as you know, we do like to support our local artisans. Maison El Horia, which do the most fabulous linens including Arga hob covers and you've got some fabulous ones from, they're the best from there.
0: best quality i've ever had and i'm not you know and they wash to be yes. really boring they wash really well yeah and they retain the shape because a lot of the other companies no disrespect to them is that they shrink and they end up being slightly smaller yes. and they end up then looking like a sort of pimple on top of them
1: yeah. a... <laughs> and i think so they get their fabric from france don't yes they? in the basque region in france and then manufacture everything in the in the uk and i mean the quality of the the tablecloths the linens the um teeth the tea towels.
0: oh tea towels are fabulous <laughs> it's my favorite tea towel <laughs> we are raving over details fabulous just, are they <laughs> i think i just snorted it <laughs> over a tea towel <laughs>
1: right Anyway, okay. we love them. And you can find them at maisonelhoria.com. So we'll put that di- those details um up and also you can follow them on but Instagram. Do as well. But Do look at them. Do they are
0: fabulous. There's and that I... fuchsia and pink one I yes. rather like. Um yes. and I love the red ra- and you want a table runner, don't you? I do want the table runner, the rainbow table runner. Yeah. I just think it's lovely.
1: Now over in Charlotte's Corner this week, you Ch- are you are just surrounded by tulips. By tulips.
0: Yep. Tulips tiptoeing through the tulips. Tulip <laughs> <laughs> mania. Chulip, tulip season is well upon us. And um, I mean you just can't help but notice wherever you are, there are tulips in every single colour of the sun and colour combination, it seems. Um, and some of them are scented. Right. Um, and it is just such a joyous flower. You know, they're there saying, look at me. Um, and they last for quite a while. They have a good, vast life. And they even in, you know, leaving them outside, they last forever. And some of them um, will come back again, whereas some aren't as showy when they come back. So okay. there are more perennial varieties and more that will naturalize different varieties. Um, in your garden. Um, but they were originally a wildflower. And uh, it was growing in Central Asia. And I think it was first cultivated by the Turks as early as 1000 AD. The name tulip comes from the Turkish word for turban. And I think if you look at them, uh, how yeah, I can, the,
1: you know, I can understand. That. Yeah, how yeah. the petals fold yeah. over, it's
0: like a turban. And as early as the 18th century, the Turkish would have tulip festivals where they would trade. The bulbs, so it's always been a sort of a currency and something to value. I mean, I guess similar to the sort of the spice trade, that type of thing. I would have thought, but it is the um, it is the Dutch that became the connoisseurs, and we've all heard about a certain bulbs going for the price of a house when tulip mania hit yeah. um, Amsterdam. So that's quite a historic, and that was in the sixteen thirty six. Um, and any tulip that you come along that has um, a different colour, you know, like the very the double colours or the frilly edges, that was originally from a virus. That really? they caught. Yeah. And they liked it. So they then bred it and okay. bred it and bred it. Which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. If you've bought tulips and they then go all floppy. Yeah. You... Well, I was gonna
1: ask about this because mine always seem to go floppy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steve
1: <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you have to say that? Oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> So anyway, if you've got floppy tulips, and you're not called Steve, um, one way to unflop them <laughs> is to wrap them in damp newspaper and then stick them in the fridge. Right. So like, lay them flat, wrap them up, stick them in the fridge for a few hours and they'll revitalize. Okay, um, and they'll perk up. Again. You can't just put Viagra in the bars. Or maybe, maybe. Um, another way to display them, um, because sometimes their heads are quite heavy, is to use uh, twigs, forced branches as a framework. So that can look quite pretty as so you've got the, um, the twigs being forced and the flowers coming out. What
1: do you mean, forced?
0: Uh When you bring in, you cut twigs outside and you bring them into the warmth and they either come into blossom or leaf.
1: Right, OK. So uh, uh, how many different varieties of tulips have you got?
0: Um, I am only growing, twi- well, I'm growing 25 different varieties. Oh, my God, are you? Um, yeah. And I planted 1,500. The early variety, the first of the early varieties nearly all picked, a couple of orders going out this week, so that one would be done, and then we're, it's sort of staggered throughout the season. So hopefully I'll be having picking tulips for about a month to six weeks.
1: Okay. Gosh. So, yeah. And uh, forgive me, because I'm sure you, you've told me this before, but – when you pick them, you pick the whole bulb. Don't I you? try pull the whole bulb. Yeah, I try. Right?
0: Um, I've got a fantastic um, like knife, a hori hori knife. Yeah, I think you bought Stephen one or yes, you bought I one. Yes, I did. Um, so I use that knife as a sort of trowel to put to ease under the bulb. So I try and pull out the whole bulb. And then I will sell it to the florist like that. Okay. Because that bulb now is useless to A it'll keep the flower going longer because it's got that sauce, especially if you put it in a little bit of water. B it saves me then having to dig it up yeah. at a later date. And C it looks quite quite nice to wrap them with the bulb still on. How long will it last once you've pulled it out of the ground and the
1: bulbs of tapped? Uh, uh, probably
0: a week. A before week.
1: you actually cut it so if then you yeah, take yeah. it home and you cut yeah, the yeah yeah, off yeah so um, it'll last a week before yeah. you so oh right and then so. you can
0: probably get 10 days
1: okay okay so it's a really good way for you to be able to pick them and store yeah, them without yeah. having
0: to because the sun will make them, them go over whereas if i'm keeping them in the cooler, and yeah, in yeah, the dark yeah, yeah it sort of holds their yeah. growth but they're just i mean they're so beautiful
1: and is that why because you plant them very close together as yeah, well don't to make
0: you? them stand up straight and grow taller
1: okay because also, then, if you're just pulling them up and you're taking away the bulb, it doesn't matter that they're so close no, together. No, so, oh, okay.
0: Because they've got all their nutrients in that in bulb. bulb. It was only if they were going to then, you're going to leave them to flower and then for all that goodness to go back into the bulb, for the bulb to then swell. I don't. It's a one-hit wonder. So I treat it as an annual crop. So it's a big investment. Yeah. And it's, I think it's called a loss leader. It's almost just to entice florists back in, I'm here, I've got flowers for sale, before all the others start kicking in. Okay. Because tulips oh, are the
1: first. So they're really the what first. What will be the next thing? Oh, well, I've
0: got the ranunculus up. are coming through. Okay. Um, And then it'll be the biennials that I planted back in the summer last year. Okay. So things like Sweet William, Honesty, Rocket. Yeah. Wallflowers. Okay. Say goodbye. Like, oh, and, and, and that reminds me. It was goodbye to the Great British Menu. We'll stop droning on about that. <laughs> wow. Yes. So You had a wh- bit of a shock, didn't you?
1: You <laughs> confess to me. Oh no. Yes. So I was really excited about the final, but what I realized is, because you know, I only came I came to Great British Menu quite recently late. And so I've only ever watched it since we we were in lockdown when they did the lockdown edition. So I didn't know exactly what happened at the banquet. So I have to be honest, I assumed that, you know, when they're cooking for 90 to 100 people or whatever it is that they were doing this time, that there would be a whole team of people there to cook, that the chef would direct, but they would be there to cook. But no. They cook it. They cook it. So when they're doing two courses, it is an utter nightmare. For yeah, that poor guy yeah. from the Ritz, Spencer. Spencer. God, he was ama- he was amazing.
0: That I was just the, it. Was, was the amazing. cigar pudding, wasn't it? Oh, I, which I mean, didn't go
1: through. No um because chris the other guy the guy from ireland had a dish and they both scored 40 so then they had to choose one which and now now you know why i can completely well he would understand. have had three dishes he would have had three dishes yeah and of course they get there and this is the other thing they were saying they get to alexander palace to do the um to do the the banquet and the kitchen is like miles away from where the bank and they had to do have to have a uh, had to have a sort of a second kitchen that they had to get stuff to these poor people now look i am sure i'm convinced there's a whole backup team doing washing up and all the rest oh of yeah it. i can't believe but it does do, it really doesn't look like there is a whole team of chefs helping them that they actually do it all themselves the poor guy stitching up his 90 partridges <laughs> whatever it was i was like oh this isn't what i was expecting but what i do what i do love is how supportive all the chefs are of each other yeah and i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the series i know a lot of people find it really frustrating and don't like it i i've thoroughly enjoyed it
0: that's funny there's been weeks that i've enjoyed more and weeks that i've sort of invested in more um because sometimes you just if you didn't i feel a rapport with the chef that was judging it yes
1: i agree i know what you mean i know what you mean
0: or you couldn't or they didn't seem such strong candidates even though the cooking was amazing but if you'd had you know the candidates candidates that the last week which were incredible and it was all very kind of um you know, there were some weeks were better than others. But then it's like Master Chef, you know, you get one week which is much better than the I other agree. week. I agree. And I do I there was a there was a young chef
1: from Bristol, good the girl from Bristol, who just seemed very nervy and then you watched her over the course of the week that she was in, and then she she did get she did get to the to the finals week. She with the long, dark hair. Yeah, yeah she and she sweet. just really started yeah. to grow in confidence. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was really nice to talk to, to Well, hopefully she'll come back next year. Yeah, I hope so. But I have, I, <laughs> it did become a bit of an obsession. And I'm going to say it again, and I promise I won't say it again until it comes back next year. I just think Andy Oliver is the best host ever.
0: She's brilliant. She I is phenomenal, actually. Her. No, she's really, really, really good. And I hope she gets more Presenting, I, d- I, d- I could Presentering. watch I could, Yes, I could watch you know, all out of it, and I want her as a guest at uh, my
1: dinner party. Oh, yes, I think she. Oh, be she will have a story so to much, tell.
0: So much fun, yeah.
1: So and um, very
0: knowledgeable on food. Well, yeah, because well, she's, well, a chef,
1: she, she, she's, she's a chef. She's done her, her own, own run, research so, as well. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm very, very support. Oh, I just, I just, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I'm going to miss it.
0: Yes, because yes, no, it'll leave a bit of a hole.
1: Yeah, it's quite nice to watch, and I really want to go to the Ritz. For yes now because his food just incredible amazing absolutely and it was amazing. lovely
0: how His parents and so their parents were there and so yes. supportive yeah
1: yeah but no it was i i thoroughly enjoyed it so yeah um so right. goodbye from now goodbye yes from so great british menu
0: and from and us. from
1: us for only for a short period of time but we are taking a break over easter um we've both got very busy easter's coming up so we will be back after
0: is. <laughs> yeah, I've got to get things sewn and things in the ground. Um, and, yeah, I've got quite a lot of coming up. Yes, yes. And, and um, uh, it takes quite, Funny enough, it takes quite a lot of headspace doing this. And I think at the moment we're both lacking in headspace because <laughs> there's just so many other things going on. That, that are. So we're going to, to clear up our
1: headspace so that we can come back with intelligence.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe. So that um, well, was a
0: pig just going. Over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we will be back after Easter. We'll be back with our us. Uh, sp- Special guest, Stephen Dunk, who will be here with Cocktail of the Month. Uh, And I think we might know what he's going to be doing, in which case it's one of his absolute favorites. And he's well known for it. It is going to be a good one.
0: In fact, Um, I said I think you could do an episode on
1: it. (laughs) Yes, he probably. Yes, and you've given him His little face lit up. I know. You've given him carte blanche now to take over the whole episode. So we can just keep quiet. So that's fine. Yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, so we, yes no, or if you've got any questions about cocktails or anything that you would like to feature please Absolutely. let us know or any
1: cocktails you'd like us to cover we do like your <coughs> input any blast in the past recipes uh that review you have, us that you send to us review us on your favorite podcast platform if it allows you to do that because i know all of them don't tell your friends tell your friends tell your family tell everybody to listen. listen to us <laughs> um and we will be back after easter so until then don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram at voyage around my email us at voyage at gmail.com we wish you a fabulous easter and hope you have lots of easter eggs and treats
0: and we will see you soon
1: take care bye Thanks for listening bye